Okay, we are back. March the 18th, spring break. It's about 35 degrees outside. But our theme and word of the month for the month of March is forgiveness. So I'm back with uh, Jared Unruh, our chaplain here at the YMCA. And we're going to get back into and dig a little bit into forgiveness and take a little bit different route this time. So Jared, glad to have you back. You yeah, got, thanks. You got a, a fancy verse or anything you want to read real quick? Or what do you got? What do you well, got listed there? I am... Um... A verse that's just kind of coming up to mind, our theme verse, I guess, for this month, just to remind everyone, is Ephesians uh, 4, uh, 32, which says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Here's that piece, as God in Christ uh, forgave you. So we've been highlighting uh, forgiveness and and particularly want to dive into today, I think, it, why forgiveness is so important uh, to Christians. I mean, if you think about it, uh, forgiveness is something that everyone should practice, and many people do. You don't have to be a Christian to to need forgiveness or understand forgiveness or even uh, offer forgiveness. But why in the world do Christians, uh, and why would the YMCA as a Christian organization say forgiveness is important, and why is that so? So why is that, that? Why is that at the Y important? Yeah, you know, I, you know that's when we get into grace and a lot of a lot of words that yeah. we, we all use. Um, I didn't realize this until I did a little bit of research on Ukraine and what's going on in Russia. That Ukraine was kind of the hub for a lot of missionaries that go to Europe because Ukraine's definitely a Christian nation. Mm. And if you look in the kind of the spiritual aspect of what's going on in the world today, I wonder if Russia's despise, or at least Putin's despise for Ukraine is because it's a Christian, I would consider it a Christian nation in a lot of ways. So, yeah. you know, that's a little bit off topic, but when we look at forgiveness, you know, how do we as Ukrainian Christians yeah. forgive what Putin and maybe some of the Russian army has done to us? That's, that's a difficult question. Well, and and just in that respect of any kind of forgiveness, uh, it I think it's n- nearly impossible to forgive an offense, particularly a heinous offense like uh, invasion of your country, removing of your freedoms, killing of your children, and um, and all of those kinds of things. How in the world would anybody be able to? let go of that offense, like we talked about last time, a a canceling of a debt, if you were, how could anybody let go of the wrong that was done to them uh, if it wasn't supernatural, if it wasn't something that was birthed from something that God has done in them, you know, so absolutely. And and then uh, uh, Jesus will say, they will hate you because of me, you know, not because, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I've done, but it's who I stand with that the world uh, will hate you. And I think that is maybe exactly what we're seeing in any kind of persecution or any kind of uh, uh, going against Christians. And it's because they're standing with Christ and the world and its natural self does not like Christ. They don't like what he stands for. They don't like what he came for. Um, they don't like to be told that they actually need to be forgiven. And, um, and I we, think, we just don't like to be told much of anything. Realistically, we yeah. don't like to be called out, do we? No, I think that's, 
think that's probably, uh, you know, why, why we experience that in this world. You will have trouble. Um, they hated Jesus. So why would we ever think that they wouldn't hate us? You know, you know, that's, and I'm jumping around here, Sure, but that may be one of the issues that we have in the Americanized watered down Christian version of church Yeah, is we're so afraid of being put next to God or Jesus mm -hmm. that we kind of water it down and can maybe, you know, we live in a Christian community for the most part in the city of Enid. We, we can kind of come and go as we please, but boy, there's not a lot of people marching around town telling people the truth because they don't want to take that abuse and, and things yeah. like that too. So, well, we it's to, easier. It's easier to not say anything at all. Yeah, um, because we don't want to be ostracized or uh, come against. And so, uh, as Christians, I don't think we're uh, we're called to go and cause a ruckus and knock on people's doors and and then tell them where they've sinned. But in kindness and in love, I mean, I think if somebody, uh, I think it was, was it Penn and Teller. Have you ever seen that sure. clip where uh, he said if somebody you know, he said, what I love about Christians, and although he would say... And he's not. He's not. He's an atheist. Yeah. I don't believe what you're saying. But what I do love is that uh, is that there's some boldness to say, hey, there's there's a, a, a truck coming to hit you. And uh, if, if, he, if he said, if I'm in the middle of the road and a truck's coming to hit me, you should come and say, hey, there's a truck coming to hit you. I don't believe. I don't see the truck. I don't believe it. But you should at least say there's a truck coming to hit you and here's how you do, here's what you need to be saved. And, um, so Christians should out of love be willing to, uh, to, to take that, uh, and share that good news with the world, uh, that we need forgiveness. Well, thank goodness or thank God, however you want to say that, yeah. that Jesus was the example of the perfect sacrifice of forgiveness because, there was no reason or ever a reason for him to forgive any of the things that we do and, and have done. And yet he continually gives us, whether it's scripture or, or words or um, what am I trying to say? Just a, a continued value of ourselves that we can be forgiven for all the things that we do, which should be the example for us to forgive everybody yeah. else, even though we're not very good at it sometimes. Yeah. Well, right. We want to, uh, constantly have an understanding. And I think that's where it makes uh, this verse in, in Ephesians, the, the, the key verse that we picked for the month was uh, be kind, forgiving one another. You know, it comes from a tender heart. Um, so forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. If you, uh, if you feel like you've never offended God or if you've never, uh, you don't need to be forgiven, then it, I think it makes it harder for us to forgive other people because we have a standard of ourselves that, man, we're so perfect. Um, everybody else has wronged me, um, but we, we it's, it, you know, we don't see that fault in our own eyes. And maybe we haven't need to ask forgiveness from other people, but we definitely need to be forgiven from God. And I think that's why uh, Christians uh, value forgiveness so much. It's, it is, it is a recognition and an understanding that uh, a, that we have offended a holy God, that we have um, broken His laws, that we have a, we haven't loved Him with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and that is offensive to God. And uh, you hear people say, "Well, why is God offended by that?" And and in 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 those kind of questions, 
maybe they don't feel that uh, that their that their sin should be something that God is offended by, and that He should just overlook it. Or, um, but there, I think, is a downplaying of His holiness. He cannot allow sin to go unpunished. He otherwise He would not be holy and just. What kind of judge would just overlook um, an offense? They would not be just. And so not the good ones anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and so he has to punish sin. Otherwise, he would no longer be God, and he would no longer be holy. And um, and so anything that goes against his character, if you look at the Ten Commandments, uh, why is stealing wrong? Thou, you, you shall not steal. Why is stealing wrong? Well, because God is the author and the giver. And so he's not a taker. Um, everything that he has is his, and so he can give and he can take. But but he gave his one and only son. So he's a very generous God. So to take something uh, that isn't yours offends him because that's not who he is. And we are created to, to be like him. Why is lying wrong? Well, because God is truth. There is no deceit in him. So we uh, offend God anytime there is deceit on our lips or in our hearts or in our minds. Uh, it is offense against who he is. And so... Uh, just in those two things, I think each and every one of us can say we've offended God uh, in some way. Yeah, it's interesting when you bring up the mind on offenses. So even if we could keep our mouth shut, we would still be offensive. Yeah. Because of the things that we think, things that we maybe would want to say, but even if we couldn't say them. Yeah. You know, well, that's really hard for people to understand, too. It's, well, I didn't give in to the action, which is good. I didn't. I, I held my tongue. But it just shows you that um, our sinfulness goes to the core of who we are. Uh, it is uh, even our good actions are. Uh, I heard one uh, one person say that it's um, that they're still stained with sin. He used the color blue uh, like paint. He's like all of our lives, everything we do, even after you've been saved and you become a Christian and God has forgiven you, even our good motives and actions are still tainted with sin. And so from here on out, uh, our, our actions and our motives are bluish. They're not completely blue. God has saved us and he is sanctifying us. One day he finally will and it will be pure, um, but, but not until he comes again, not until Christ comes again. So, Well, God could have made this a lot easier if he just wouldn't have put that one tree in the garden. Right. But as soon as that tree's there and and... He gives us the opportunity to blow it. Yeah. Of course, that's what we do. And that's when the forgiveness began right then. Yeah, absolutely. And so you see that if you trace the line of offending God uh, to to what does it take? I mean, that is the bit, number one problem. If somebody was to ask me, uh, Jared, what is the what is the biggest need in our world? What is the biggest need um, that each individual has? And it is to be uh, forgiven by a holy God. Like in that, that there, you, you're like, really? There's so many other needs. There's hunger, there's poverty, there's uh, abuse. There's all these things in the world. And all of those things, we want to address those. But the number one heart issue, the number one problem that everybody has in the world uh, from, from beginning of time, Garden of Eden, all the way until Jesus comes, the number one problem is that we need to be forgiven uh, by a holy God. And how would... Uh, a God who is so holy, how is it even possible that he would deal with sin? How 
he should just like he did with Noah wipe away wipe everything them all out say you know what this is all messed up I'm done with it and 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 that would be perfectly good and right and just in his mind uh, and right for him to do however out of love and grace he withholds uh, his wrath from being poured out but it will not be that way forever he has to pour out he has to punish sin and this is why the Christian message and why Christians love forgiveness so much is because we realize and understand uh, that God has given his one and only son Jesus who was born uh, of of a woman you know supernaturally born of a woman so that he could come sinless live a perfect life that we couldn't live and then die a death that we deserve so that so that all of God's wrath and anger and punishment towards our sin would be placed on him so therefore as Romans 3 says that God is both the just is justifier uh, is just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ and so for all of those who are trusting in Jesus believing in him uh, Jesus took all the punishment that our sins deserve therefore uh, canceling the record of debt this is listen to what Colossians chapter uh, 2 says it says um chapter 2 verse 13 it says you who were dead in your trespasses that's another way to say offenses or sins you who were dead in your trespasses and were uncircumcised of your flesh that is apart from God God made alive together with him that is with Christ God made them alive having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling that was the the language we used last time of getting rid of a debt canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands he set it aside nailing it to the cross and so apart from the cross of Christ apart from Jesus's death um, there is no forgiveness of sins God will punish sins we have a a legal debt a moral obligation to God to live perfectly and we haven't and therefore um, God will either punish all of those who don't believe in him and the Bible says he will do that eternally in hell or he will punish his son on our behalf and therefore purchasing for us or giving us forgiveness that's the way God is able to forgive us it's only by the death of his son which absolutely makes no sense at all that he would send his son for us because we don't yeah, deserve it absolutely you know it's interesting you brought something up uh, a minute or two ago about <clears throat> the only way that we would get to the forgiveness that we need is for a surrogate yeah Jesus to come yeah but how important was it that Jesus came with not the seed of man but the seed of God so he would be perfect yeah you know so that's an interesting I mean I those are things that we all know or at least hopefully we know but how important it was to be God man yeah you know because that's the only way he could be perfect because if, if it was a, a man and a woman yeah it would it be they'd be just like us yeah you know so yeah and that was that's what the that's what the the uh, the incarnation of Christ is all about that's what we celebrate and we love is that um a man it had to be a man that would pay for the sins of man so so God in his eternal plan of redemption had to say uh, a man is going to have to pay Adam and Eve sinned Adam you've sinned and so therefore the punishment is on you 
Um, so in order for, uh, for that punishment to be given, it needs to be given to a man. And so God had to send his son in the form of a man. Uh, that's what it says, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, flesh and blood. Um, but he had to be perfect otherwise. So because he needed to be sinless, a new Adam. And that's why only God would be sinless. Yeah. How do you live 33 years sinless? Yeah. Or whatever amount of years yeah. it was. I mean, I don't know if it exactly 33 yeah. years. But I mean, you know, there's those gaps in the in the New Testament where, you know, it goes to when he was basically an infant to, yeah. what is it, 12, 12 years yeah, old. And then like it that. kind of jumps up to, you know, right before he started his, his you know, his three-year ministry. Yeah. And, you know, but you know that he had to be unique even as a one to 12 year old on, yeah. and this kid never makes any mistakes. Yeah. You know, did, did he play with kids? <laughs> you know, was he just sharper and better than everybody? I mean, what an interesting story Where, yeah. that we don't have. And know? we, you know, it's hard for us to even fathom what that would look like. I tell my kids, you know, Jesus, and I'm not in the manipulative way to get them to do what I want. Whatever. We know how that yeah. works. <laughs> but Jesus never once when his parents, I mean, I remember when my kids were little and the, the, the first five years of their life, one of the simplest uh, instructions, commands that I would give them is come here. We're walking around in the other store or they're in the other room. Come to me. And that was a hard command to follow. You know, they would want to go off and do their own thing. But never once did when Jesus' mom said, come here, did he delay? He did. He did it. He did what he was told when he was told. And he did it with a happy heart. And those those right there are the essence of obedience. And we might do what we're told when we're told, but we might be doing it begrudgingly. And sure. therefore, it is sin in that way and disobedience. Well, one of the funny things about little ones, my kids are grown now, but one of the first words they learn other than maybe, you know, mom or dad yeah. or whatever is no. Yeah. Because they're selfish. Yeah. And Jesus was never selfish. Yeah. I mean, he may have actually been running their household. We don't know. Yeah. But, but he never did anything that put himself ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And yet he could still through, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John still call out people that needed to be called out yeah. in his own parable way, which is always irritating in some ways. Like, just tell us, quit telling us these stories, you know, yeah. making them figure it out. Of course he had reasons for those things too, but you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, Cut no, you you're good. I think, I think as we, as we just continue to focus on forgiveness for the rest of the month of March and next month, we move on to kindness uh, why is that a Christian value? Why, what is See, that? These two are no fun at all. We got to get some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Wrath, maybe, yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, so, well, we talk about as we continue to focus on forgiveness, uh, why that's so important to the YMCA, why that's so important to the Christian mission that we have is because we recognize not just once, but I think again and again that we need to be forgiven. It reminds me of in 1 John chapter 1. Um, Verse nine, uh, it says this, it says, um, if we say we have no sin, this is verse eight, actually, of first John chapter one. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. However, if we confess our sins, he that is God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so uh, John is writing to believers. And so even as Christians, we realize Jesus has come. 
he has died. We look back to the cross. We celebrate what he has done and that God accepted his his death as a payment for sin. That's why he raised him from the dead, uh, vindicating or showing that he accepts that sacrifice. And so when Jesus died, all of our sins, past, present, and future are already forgiven. But the word of God will continue to tell us, uh, you still have traces of sin left. The The penalty is all gone. Uh, the 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 power of sin no longer has dominion over you, but there's still the presence of sin in our life. And so we constantly run to God for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness, forgive those who have who have wronged us. And we live a life of continual confession and repentance and turning to God. Uh, and also, we should always say this, clinging to Jesus. That's our only hope in life and death is is that God promises to finally once and forever forgive us uh, and accept us, not based on our works, but based on what Christ has done. Thank goodness that he steps in front. Absolutely. Because it'd be ugly to show us to God. You yeah. Know? So, yep. well, one of the things that we deal with here at the Y, and, and we'll you know get close to wrapping it up, but is we're always dealing with, you know, we have a lot of people that come in this building. We have 6,000 members. And there's all, when we have people, we have conflict, Yeah, you know, so how do we forgive people that come in who are a constant complainer Yeah, or a constant, we struggle with them at maybe their kids and they try to sneak in or they break something or they're just, you know, I mean, I've had to go in and talk to people about, Hey, you can't play your music on your phone out loud. It's, we do headphones, you know, yeah. and sometimes we do the same thing over and over and over again. So yeah. How do we not get disgruntled as forgiveness in those situations? Yeah. So moving you know, real practical, I think the the, the first part uh, in how do we not get disgruntled is to, to first look at ourselves and realize how we've offended not only God, but other people. So I think when you, when you take that position, it, it becomes a humbling thing. And I think then you start able to look at other people's situations and be like, yeah, I need, I need what I'm, what I'm wanting to give them or offer them. I also need myself. And so then it, it causes you to, to not be so like, I never messed up. And then we. So hypocritical. You yes. Know. <laughs> yeah. So not being hypocritical, but then also there are real consequences for our action. I think just because Jesus died for our sins and God forgives us doesn't mean that there's not consequences sure. for our actions. So we see at the Y or in our homes or anywhere else, that when there is an offense, there is a consequence. There is something that doesn't mean that our hearts would would be, we want you here. We want to forgive you. Um, but if there's an offense, there needs to be recognition of that offense. And then a uh, and, and then our heart's attitude would be, hopefully, um, yes, we let that go. And we don't, uh, we don't write a a tally sheet down like, well, you've done this this many times. We continually are wanting to be long suffering because there are people that are, especially kids, you know, they're kids and they're messing around in the Y and doing sure. going in the men's locker room. They shouldn't be. And they do it over and over. And they know it. But yeah. They still do it. And we like catch, we do. Yeah. And we catch them again and again. And, and then we have consequences, but our, but we're always forgiving. We're not holding that that debt against them. We're releasing them from that out of compassion and mercy, uh, just as God has done that for yeah, us. Yeah, that, that's that difficult balance of 
okay, you can only do certain things and there has to be consequences. How far do the consequences go? Because as a person, we can forgive, but that doesn't mean that we still let everybody in here. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the hard I think part. that's a misconception sometimes of forgiveness. It means that you overlook the offense and you, and there's no consequences. When you say you forgive me, you, there's no, uh, there's nothing else that goes along with that. No, I think there was a story in the news, uh, several years ago where somebody, uh, I forget the exact, uh, scenario, but somebody was murdered. He murdered, um, or killed, uh, this guy's brother or family. And this young man was, was on the, was on the, was crying and hugging the one who shot. So he's forgiving him. He's showing mercy and grace to this guy. And yet the guy still went to prison, which he should. Yes. Um, so they're not consequences of our actions and the forgiveness aren't, you know, seen as one and the same all the time. The forgiveness is I, I forgive you. I don't hold this against you. I love you in that way, but there's still going to be a consequence. Still have laws and rules to follow. Don't yeah, I? absolutely. Yeah. And I think, uh, which just, uh, is, a, is part of our world, but also just highlights God didn't just sweep all of our offenses under the rug. He has to punish somebody. It's either going to be me or it's going to be his son, Jesus. And um, praise God that he, in his grace, offers Jesus up as a sacrifice for our sins. Took quite a beating for that, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. And uh, are we going to stick with forgiveness next podcast? Or are we going to go ahead and move into the next month? Yeah, so I, I think, I think uh, as we move into next month, starting in April, we will uh, be highlighting and the theme uh, for for the the month of April at the Y, we'll be uh, wanting to focus on kindness. And uh, just a little preview: uh, it's not just random for for believers in Christ. We want to do kindness kindness all the time. Too, it's intentional. It? Yeah, uh, it's not just. It a, can be random. Yeah, it but, can be. But we need to be intentional. Uh, intentionally random. How about that? There you go. <laughs> so we can make intentional. Sometimes things may just pop up. Yeah. You know, hey, I can do this for this person. Yeah. But then we have to, sometimes we have to go out of our way to be intentional. Yeah. So you can't, can't just drive home every night and be intentional with yeah. kindness. And I think kindness becomes more at that way. It becomes more of a, uh, of a disposition of our hearts and attitude of our hearts, as opposed to just acts, you know, just yeah. things that we do. It's, it's behavioral change. It's a behavior. It's who we are. We're yeah. kind and we talk all about God's kindness towards us. Sounds so, good. All right, all right. Looking forward to it, Jared. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Greg.